Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, we welcome Ian Limmer back to the podcast. He's the nursery manager at Peter Beals, who celebrate their 50th anniversary later this year. They're synonymous with roses, and there's nothing Ian doesn't know about rose growing. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Well, they say in Britain, we don't have climate, we just have weather. And certainly for the last few days, we've had some weather. How about that? I mean, from deep frost and one evening minus seven in my garden to blue skies and temperatures about, what, 10, I suppose, today and a lovely spring morning. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I had to smile because I read uh, a comment from one of the uh, BBC Gardeners World presenters saying that... uh, We don't have spikes of extreme weather anymore. (laughs) Not much we don't. You need a few years' experience in the gardening world before you start uh, making that kind of statement. Don't forget, Mothering Sunday this weekend, and a good thing to do is to look out for a rose called Charisma. Really beautiful rose, very strong-growing, healthy, but most of all has fragrance. So why not give Mum a rose bush And then for weeks and weeks and months and for years to come, there'll be really nice roses to cut. And I know it's traditional for youngsters to take a bunch of daffs or something to mum. But how about a pot of bulbs? Because then when they finish, they can be planted in the garden and the gift lives on. I'm very pleased to see that the new Rose Society, the Rose Society UK, is well up and producing a monthly newsletter online. So if you're at all interested in flowers in general and roses in particular, then I suggest you log on to info at the Rose Society uh, and you'll see uh, an awful lot of information there. There's a bill going before Parliament to allow Q to lease property. I think it's particularly houses and things around their estate Uh, to lease them for 150 years and, and, uh, in the process, raise millions so they can continue the repair and development of uh, buildings and other plantings in the Botanic Garden. I wish them luck. And on the uh, polythene front, you know, all that uh, comment in the media following Blue Planet, I just wonder what we're going to do with the uh, plastic flower pots I mean, we're using millions of them. Most of them are recycled scores of times in my backyard and I think we need to uh, find ways to use them again and again. We have a a garden press day this week 
and so I hope to hear a bit more about uh, pots which are biodegradable. And with all that frost, some of the things that we can do in the garden become limited, but if it's not actually freezing, then we can continue with fruit tree pruning. If it is really freezing hard and you try and prune, the wood can be brittle and splits, so it's much better to wait until uh, you can see that things are thawing a bit. And then with young trees, I'm thinking two to five-year-old plums, cherries, apples and pears that are going to be grown bush-style. They need last year's growth, the lead growth on the end of uh, each branch, cut back by at least a half. If you do that, then of course the side shoots come from below the cut. If you don't do it, some of the tip bearers will produce flowers and fruits at the end of those long shoots and then the weight bends them down and they won't be very strong and break. And so by pruning, you get a much stronger structure. It's one of those quandaries really for the garden centre people if they're selling two-year-old and three-year-old trees with really nice, strong, young extension growth if they do the best for you and prune those lewd shoots back by a half, a third to a half, then obviously the trees don't look as big and so don't look worth as much. And too often they're just sold unpruned, which I think's a pity. There's one other thing too I'd suggest. Uh, Meadowcroft Garden Centre uh, down near um, Wickford they have their Pansy Festival from uh, this coming weekend onwards where you'll see hundreds of different varieties of pansy and viola. That's a great place to take mum and it's the perfect place if you want to choose the very best in the latest pansies and violas. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One of the great company names when it comes to roses is Peter Beals. I worked alongside the late Peter Beals oh, many years ago on the show circuit. Uh, and today I've got Ian Limmer on the line, who's nursery manager. How are things up there in Norfolk, uh, Ian? Very well, thank you, Peter. Um, I must just say that uh, it's a bit unusual to be talking to you in sort of middle of March with an inch of snow on the ground. We're, you know, <laughs> we're hoping for sunshine, but that's where we are at the moment. Now, things have changed a lot, haven't they, since the days of shows and taking uh, orders through the summer and then dispatching in the autumn. 
a lot of your sales will be in containers now, That's won't right. they? Yes, uh, things have really changed over the last, uh, I think, you know, 20, 30 years. And um, what, what seems to be happening, um, the, the containers are getting more popular now. The demand of, uh, for the uh, public that want to see a rose in a uh, container, uh, in flower, look at it, uh, see the health of it and the habit of it, and then decide whether they like it and buy it. The days of the bare root roses uh, is still the biggest part of our business, but um, it wouldn't surprise me in, in several years' time, uh, or even a few years' time, that it comes the other way around, where people want to see them and take them away in a container. Well, now, your nursery is quite a mecca, isn't it, for rose growers now? I mean, you have this fantastic garden. I was most impressed when I walked through it last summer. But it's not all roses, is it? No, um, you know. Thank you for that uh, for that comment. Um, you know, we're very uh, proud of the uh, the gardens. Over the last um, three to four years, um, it's been uh, revamped, and um, we've got over three thousand uh, roses recently uh, planted in the gardens and that was like I say about three to four years ago and they're now coming to maturity and a lot of the roses now are up and over the arches and all the uh, the pergolas and so on and what a wonderful display it is but not only uh, roses um, we have herbaceous perennials and clematis uh, uh, climbing up through them we have now probably over 2,000 herbaceous and perennial plants uh, you know for sale in the, at the nursery as well so we really are uh, you know a, a plant destination not only with roses but with with plants as well but, but did i hear you correct 3000 different cultivars of roses uh, sorry 3000 roses planted in the garden oh, right, and that's, there's yeah. about 600 different varieties sorry yeah, but that's enough. Yes. 600. <laughs> <laughs> that keeps us out of mischief, yes. And can you name them all then? Well, I, I think I can name, name them all, but it's not just a matter of naming. You know, uh, the other thing is, you know, we've got a lot of experienced staff here at the nursery. You know, a customer might come along and ask, you know, for a rose, and, you know, they expect you to know the height of it, the width of it. Will it tolerate poor soil? Is it repeat flowering? Is it scented? And so on. So there's an awful lot of information, you know, to take on board um, and to learn. And, you know, yes, I'm, after 42 years, I'm still learning as well. <laughs> well, I think trying to remember all of those qualities of 600 different ones would sort of stretch me a bit. I mean, quite honestly, if it's varieties that I was growing as a nursery hand back in the 50s and 60s i'm thinking of things like mar perkins you could tell them by the stem yes you can there's an awful lot uh, it's it's something which is you know i feel um i, I don't know about quite proud but you know when you go on a site visit to a, a customer's house and um, they want to put some roses in it in the winter i'll go I'll go, I'll go along and um you sort of look at something oh that's a, uh, like a madame alfred carrier growing on the wall and there's no flowers no leaves or anything just the stems i remember a Frenchman and Josephine Bruce, pretty vicious thorns, weren't they? Eh? Yes, yeah. Frenchman's a <laughs> lovely big rose, very sturdy and tough as old boots, as they say. Now, you've extended the garden too, haven't you? Um, uh... Yeah, we've extended. So we've got two different types of gardens, uh, how I, I like to think of it. We've got one which has um, got um, over you know, 600 varieties in, and it's all edged properly, mown on a regular basis, uh, sprayed, and really looks absolutely fantastic. And then just next 
to the, that garden is what we call the wildlife garden. Again, it looks absolutely fantastic. It's only been opened now uh, two years, um, and it's beginning to get settled down where you've got all sorts of uh, wildflowers and old-fashioned roses, species roses. Um, there's um, bee orchids and, and things like that. And um, even, you know, letting, you know, some of the uh, uh, thistles, you know, to get growing. And you're mowing a path and walking through. There's swings down there for, for children. Um, and it's very relaxing as you as you go from one garden to another. It's quite unique, I think. Well, it's great for families, isn't it? Because okay. the youngsters can run a bit wild and, you know, go through those wildlife walks and things, whilst perhaps the older members of the family are making notes and getting information at the top end. Exactly. The children have a wonderful time running through the path, you know, the paths down down the bottom there. You know, also we, you know, um, we're having you know one or two uh, schools come, you know, with the young children and trying to teach them a little bit about uh, you know gardening and so on. So, um, you know, it's very very important to get the next generation, you know, to come through in, interested in um, plants. But you're doing more than just working with school children. You've got several apprentices too, haven't you? Yes. We've got um, the new generation of uh, Peter Beale's roses um, coming through with uh, several young apprentices uh, coming through. We've got um, either four four or five, and several of them have been with us now six six years, five or six years, training them up with going to college with the apprenticeship scheme, um, on spray courses, first aid courses and things like that um, to try and um, get them trained up because I, I think... Um, to become a, a horticulturalist, I suppose, or rose rose grower, or um, what, however you like to call it, takes you know six, seven, eight years before you really begin to understand a plant's the feel of a plant. Yes, you need to see, don't you? A mild winter and a hard winter, right. hot summer, cold summer, exactly. dry spring, all those things. And, and I think I welcome the, the hands-on experience that I had as a youngster. Didn't always like it in the winter tying those bundles of pretty cold prickly roses, but there you are. You have to do the tough end, don't you? Exactly. I mean, you take, you know, with with this industry, you take the, I suppose, the rough with the smooth. In in the winter, you know, um, you know where you've got the bare root roses, um, and as you say, with all the thorns and the tying up, etc., and dispatching the bare root roses, and then in in the summer, you've got the lovely hot weather, and then. Um, you know, with all the beauty of the flowers, with so many different types and characters of them, I, I, I sort of believe that they've got characters, you know, in, in them. I'm, I, I'm sure they have, without question. But now, quite recently, you've introduced quite a programme of courses and workshops for people, haven't you? Yes, we yes we have, and and each each year the the courses um, we're we're adding more more and more. Um, we've got a lot of experienced um, um, horticulturalists uh, here, as well as rosarians. Um, we've just now had a planting and pruning course for three days last week, uh, and we had to close that off because that was fully booked. Um, tomorrow we've got a, a clematis and climbing workshop, and, and that's fully booked. So, um, you know, we have courses right the way through from February, right the way through until December, where we've got holly wreath making, and that goes down very well as well. So when you say full, uh, how many people are coming together at the, on these events? Um, we, 
for the planting and pruning course, uh, which is that's a full day, a full day course where we give demonstrations, lectures, and 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 they have a lovely meal and so on. It's a full day, and we had uh, twenty. 24. We stopped at 24, and I'm even thinking of lowering it to 20 because um, there's so many keen people that, um, that uh, I, I feel it's better to have a little bit more one, you know, one-to-one. So we're sort of going to stop them, you know, at about 20. If you get more than 20, then you find... Up another day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hadn't thought about that. But but you find several sort of wandering off, don't you? You Yes. If you're you're trying to actually uh, demonstrate something and and get a few of the students to have a bit of a go, then, yes, the numbers do need to be restricted. It it needs to be restricted. And, you know, with 20, we we generally have um, three Rosarians on the course, you know, giving help and advice. And then, you know, because a lot of it is done in a workshop, and then we go out into the gardens. And when we go into the gardens with that size group, we split them up. So it is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit easier. But everybody seems to be um, enjoying the courses. And, you know, it's, it's... it seems to be going down very well, so um, we'll probably be adding, you know, adding some more next year. I mean, we've got um, also we've got our uh, annual rose festival in, in June on the 16th and 17th, which is a, a lovely. Each year, that's getting bigger and better all the time. You know, where we have um, other exhibitors coming along as well. So that's a that's a lovely uh, you know weekend as well. When you say you've got exhibitors coming, do do you, do you have a competition or something? Well, we have all sorts of things on uh, going on in, um, in 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 the June. We have a lot of handcraft people as well. Um, for example, um, you know they'll have a little stall where they make old fences out of wicker and things like that. Do you know in the olden days, and show you how to chop down and make fences, hedges yeah. and things like that. So a lot of crafty uh, stalls and stands, and a few plants specialist plants. Uh, invited uh, along so you know similar to ourselves but maybe smaller family businesses that specialize in specific in the specific plants well i have to tell you that uh, i'm in the process of uh, trying to organize um, a rose festival over eight days across the country from the 23rd of june so it'll follow on from yours won't it? it'll be the next weekend so yes it would yes and we want to try and persuade uh, at least 60 and possibly up to 100 garden centres to have a rose festival uh, and each one of them will get uh, their customers and people in the locality to bring a rose in a bottle and to stage a prettiest rose competition. What a good idea. And then the winners from each one we hope to put on social media and see if we can find the prettiest rose in Britain. Whether I've got the energy to put all that in place between now and June. <laughs> That's well. a big task, but, um, <laughs> you know, I wish you well. Um, and um, what a good idea. Very good idea, Peter. But, but, Ian, we haven't spoken anything at all yet about your rose breeding and the new varieties that you're bringing out. Yeah, um, each year we're bringing out, um, you know, one to two new varieties. Um, you know, the breeding programme, we we do over about two to 3,000 different crosses a year which will lead to probably about planting 40 to 50,000 seeds and out of those 40 to 50,000 seeds you might expect to get um, you know half a dozen that are any good you know to launch it's a very very difficult process 
and you're still doing that. You're, wish, yeah. you're doing two to three thousand crosses. Yes, we're doing that every year at the moment. It takes obviously, you know, a lot of time, and you know, we have you know one person, um, uh, uh, Michael Baldwin, who's who dedicated to uh, you know doing um, a lot of the, the hybridising along with my instructions. I mean, that's an exciting time in what May or June when those little seedlings show the first flower. It's absolutely amazing because you, you know. You, you're always looking for something slightly different, something that just stands out. And, you know, to have something new and exciting, you know, every year, it's, it's very difficult. And there's always that one seedling. It's probably the one that is right at the back of the glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah. house. It's waving its little flower and its head in the air saying, over here, that's me. <laughs> uh, we so we launched think- a, lo- a lovely one last year called, you know, we, we launched two, uh, Margaret Greville and, and Pat with Pride. But Pat with Pride, I mean, that stood out for me with its such a robust, healthy foliage, almost peony-shaped, lovely fragrance, um, semi-double to three-quarter flowers, insect-friendly, uh, which is lovely you know, for the bees and so on to collect the pollen, but a beautiful, beautiful road. What's your objective now? What have you got your mind set on when it comes to making the crosses? And is it like breeding horses? You know, do you have good mother and father stock? Yes, it's very much like that. You know, you, ha- you have uh, a very good parent plants where you're trying to breed robustness in- into the plant. And the demand from the public um, is for roses now to flower not only uh, once or twice, but three or even four times. So we're looking for, you know, v- uh, varieties to, uh, to bring out that will flower on and off throughout the summer and even into the autumn, um, you know, flowering off and on from seven to nine months. There's always this um, uh, thought that um, some of the old ro- some of the roses and uh, some of the old ones, you know, only flower for you know about three weeks, then they're over. But there's an awful lot of old and new varieties that flower off and on right the way through until November. Well, Ian, it's fascinating talking to you. Look forward to seeing you in the summer yes. when you might sort of take me behind the scenes and just show us what we're likely to see in the next year or two. No problem, no problem. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Peter. Our thought for the day, Gardeners Learn by Trowel and Error. I think that's certainly true. I've learned a lot by troweling things in and finding that they haven't worked quite as I would like. And the late Jeff Amos, he posed the question, what did plant breeders get when they crossed love lies bleeding with love in a mist? He thought that they'd have a new plant called love in a bleeding mist. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sutton Seeds of Torquay, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.